Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Um, We're just going to jump right back into the podcast. This week's guest is from my hometown, the DMV. She lives here in New York. Um, Melanie Yvette began her career as an intern with NBC Today show style editor Bobby Thomas in 2010. From there, she moved on to intern for Ebony Magazine Department, working her way to become their digital editorial assistant and then the Ebony.com beauty and style editor. She is now the social media manager for Diva Curl and editor of Beautifully Brown, an editorially provocative site that caters to ethnic women and their beauty needs and concerns. She hopes to continue developing a career in beauty that will allow her to reach the multicultural female audience and inspire women to feel beautiful in their skin. She is everything beautifully brown essence in my presence right now. <laughs> Welcome to the Fearless Gear Podcast, Melanie. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no problem, I'm so excited. I know, right? <laughs> oh my God, we're back, we're back. So I like to start the discussion um, with what is your deepest fear? Mm-hmm. My deepest fear is the fear of my potential. My fear comes from the visions I've had of my evolved self and the fear of the uncomfortable work it takes to live that life, the life of a more evolved Melanie. Yeah, that's that's spot on. So let's unpack that. Oh, God. <laughs> let's unpack that a little bit. So, like, what about having this vision of your evolved self frightened you the most? Um, I think it's just like the uncomfortable work it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not always fun. I mean, sometimes you have revelations and it's like, damn, that was wild, but it's just weird. Like, it's a weird journey and it's unnatural. So anything unnatural humans usually try to, like, run away from. So it's, it's you know, human nature to not want to change, but I don't know. It's just it's it's just the journey mm-hmm. that scares me the most. You just don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, and that and that's the biggest thing about fear, right? Not knowing if what's gonna happen on the other side. But to your point about uncomfortable work, do you know or have a sense of what that uncomfortable work looks like, and what is it within that? work that kind of frightens you the most well I mean the uncomfortable work is just like it's daily like it's not Mm. it's people think that you change in some like magical overnight one month like time frame like that's not what happens right it's like you know you start really small you might say oh I really you know want to eat better and I also want to date other, you know, better people. And I also want to have a better career. But it's like you can't do all of that at once. So Facts. you got to be willing to start small and then be willing to be patient. And being patient is uncomfortable in itself. So it's really just tweaking your daily lifestyle and sticking with it when it's just like weird. And that's not fun. You know, that's not fun to do. It's uncomfortable. And you... You know, a lot of times when something's unnatural, it doesn't feel 
like what you're used to mm. you squirm and you you really fight your way out of it and you just kind of keep going backwards and then you go back into this cycle so mm. it's scary to change but then it's like it's scary not to change yeah right? you know and to keep repeating the same cycle over and over and over again yeah and it's interesting that you said the thing about like cycles was there an incident that occurred in your life or incidents that occurred that made you kind of say, okay, this is, you know, this uncomfortable work is required for me to be the version of myself that I, I see myself. And what were the incidents? How have you been um, dealing with them throughout your journey? I mean, I had an aha moment, yeah, but... I mean, if that's what you're talking about, like in terms of incidents, but my most recent one in terms of just change wasn't really just about, you know, the situation I was in um, with this guy, but it was a big part of it. And I was just really unhappy with him. And Mm -hmm. I was just kind of going backwards to him because he was familiar. And it got to a point where I started to look at every other aspect of my life because I believe like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So Mm. I was like, "Mm, I'm kind of doing this cycle in many, in many areas of my life and I want to change. And the thing that I could change immediately was like getting out of that situation with him. So it was kind of an aha moment because, and this was like December, 2016 and it was an aha moment. Um, because I was like I, I for I felt like I foresaw my future with him, mm. and I was just like, Eek, like this is not what I want, and um, I just felt like it was something else out there. So that was one incident that happened when I was like, I just got to get out of this, and I just got to be uncomfortable being fully single, and you know, not dealing with anybody, and just like figuring out what the hell I want. Right. And I feel like it just kind of trickled from there, like. I was like, okay, if I could if I could survive, you know, four months went by before I saw him again. And I was like, if I survived, like, I'm, I didn't die. Right. <laughs> you know, and I was actually much happier. You know, I was really quiet the first four months of 2017. Because I was just, I was just like in my head and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And it was perfect because um, I would later go to Cuba in April 2017 just on a whim. And I felt like... I came out of my shell and Cuba just mm. like changed the way I looked at life. And that was another incident, I guess you could say that happened going to Cuba and meeting the people and like seeing how they don't care about the things we care about. We care about so much stupid shit mm. in America and they go to work and they do their job and they make their money and they go hang out with their friends. You know, they're not on their phone all fucking day. They're right. not like on Instagram all day. They can't. <laughs> you know I mean if anyone's been to Cuba you know that like there is no, no real internet, internet <laughs> so it's like they're living real human lives and I was so just like dumbfounded by this and I was taken aback and I remember coming back from Cuba and like crying because I didn't like America for a moment I was like mm. we are so superficial like we just care about the dumbest things and that changed my entire perspective and I always for for the rest of my life, we'll say that summer, spring and summer 2017 were, like, the best seasons I've had, like, in a long time. I mean, probably since college. Yeah. I, I just felt like I was learning and just seeing the world 
and it's just it was just changing me. Yeah, it's something about disconnecting or not having access to technology when you go to Cuba um, that changes your habits, right? Your your being. You were so used to being on like touching checking our phone every two seconds. You can't do that. Yeah, you know there you, you got really to have to talk to people. You got to figure out how to get around. Yeah, you have to learn a new language you have to in be order a human. to yeah. You have to be human and. To your point, like, when I was there in Cuba, I was just like, yo, I, I haven't felt, like, I felt so much relief. I didn't feel like I needed exactly. to do anything. I just felt like I needed to be, right? And just experience this culture and, like, take it all in. And that's just something that we, it's just not normal anymore. We just don't live here. Like, we don't yeah. understand. We don't get it until we're 80. It's, and it's stupid. And it's, I don't think people really understand, like, you're just not here for like the dumb stuff, you know. You just that's not what this is about. But it's sad because I don't think the younger generations will feel like that. I feel like social media and stuff has made it really hard to look at what's really important. Absolutely. Post Cuba, right? Do you feel like post Cuba, post that guy? Do you feel like things started to fall into place? Yeah. Do you feel like you started to attract? The different characteristics of things that you yeah. saw for yourself as this mo- mo- more evolved Melanie. No, I mean, not attracted, but I started to make space for it to come. I was just really like last year I, I shut down my blog and I was just like, I'm not doing anything extra. I just lived. I traveled. I went everywhere. I um, the reason I think things started to fall into place is because I just like surrendered. Mm. I didn't really care about outcomes anymore because mm. Cuba made me realize like it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, do good work, yeah, be focused, but it's just not the end of the world. And like you are gonna drive yourself insane trying to beat time. Like Facts. you can't force anything, you can't rush anything. You just gotta do the work and like surrender. And that's what I did after Cuba. So I was living differently from a mental state of point and I stopped thinking like bad thoughts for the most part like I stopped I I started like talking up to myself and just Mm. like slow like I I remember just like going to the gym one time at Barry's boot camp and like was really intimidated by this class and you have to run so much and I'm just not really a fast runner and at one point you had to do like six miles and I was like I probably don't ever run more than four miles Mm -hmm. but everyone's in class and it's a long mirror so you literally can see each other and it's like fuck it's so embarrassing Mm -hmm. and I was just like you know what like I can do it like I can push myself like F it like let's do it and so like that moment is when I realized oh shoot like I'm changing because I'm not I'm no longer thinking negative thoughts I'm like no you can actually do this so yeah I did start to see things fall in place yeah and now currently where are you at in your journey as far as reaching your your goals or your pursuit of what happiness is to you I'm not really like reaching Mm. honestly I'm at a point where I know exactly what I want to do with my brand. I know exactly what I want to do with my... I want to be a curvy model um, for for brands that are body inclusive. Um, I'm very stern. Like, I'm very stern in what I want right now. And I'm not really afraid. It's more of, like, getting organized and getting myself on a good routine. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm just, like... I, re- I just see how unimportant it is to be 
like really insecure. It's it's just kind of a waste of energy. And I understand like it's hard to say that to someone who might be going through something, but you really have, I don't know. You just, I just don't feel like it's a need to question everything. I don't have major timelines. I have like, you know, some financial goals that I want, but I used to feel like, oh, I want to do all of this before 34. And then at 35, I want to have kids. And and now I'm just like, all right, that's stupid. Like, Mm -hmm. if God wants me to have a baby while I'm doing the first Beautifully Brown event, then that's what it is. Like, I'm not really obsessed with outcomes anymore. And I think even in my dating life, I'm dating someone who I really like. But Mm -hmm. it's just we take it day by day. And it's just really exciting to live like that. It's it's just different. Like I'm just living different and I'm not doing anything extravagant. I just right. feel happier. Yeah. And I go through stuff. Like I went through a really rough period for the last couple of weeks, but I don't know. I go through stuff with, even with the different POV. It's like, I'm going through something, but I'm going to get through it. Whereas I used to feel like I'm like dying. Mm. Now I just have the confidence to know that like, I'm going through something, let it come out, let the process like do what they got to do. And then you'll be okay. But go through the, excuse me go through the process instead of like fighting it and i think that's mature and i think that's something i've learned to do yeah trust your process it's very like you brought up so many important things particularly about not you know caring about the outcomes i think a lot of us put unnecessary pressures on ourselves to have this outcome of what societal has said is successful or is the norm for (laughs) whatever thing and to be honest it drives us sick like drives us sick mentally as far as just like you never you always feel like it's what you're doing is not enough or whatever the case may be but and it's it's, an illusion like it's it's not real like people people should listen to this song by john mayer called um no such thing because what he talks about is like this fairy tale that our teachers sell us on how we should like grow up. And like, he talks about how all the good kids, you know, did the right things, but they didn't learn much about life and all the quote unquote bad kids like him, like who went, who wanted to be like a guitar playing superstar or whatever he wanted to be. Didn't know better. Like, you know, and it's like, look how you turned out. Look how they turned out. And like, not saying that they didn't turn out fine, but they followed a, a path that was like laid out for them, making them believe that that's what they wanted. And they didn't mm-hmm. take any like back alleys or try anything new. Or, like it's what kind of life is that? <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's whack. <laughs> like you want to live like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just like, even thinking about like the, to your point about dating or whatever your approach to your blog, which I mean, by the way, like beautiful Brown, like thank you for creating a platform mm, for thank us, you. for a black woman. Like, <laughs> All brown women. All like, brown women. We have overlapping issues. Let me know. be. Um, let me clarify for oh, no, all brown women. Um, it's just uh, something that we don't have, and to really tailor into just all the layers of what beauty means for us, right? Yeah. Inner and outer <laughs> beauty, but what it means to us. Like, thank you for even creating that, but also understanding that, like there's this there's this like seesaw of like i have to push this content out to feed right yeah. feed this consumer but then there's this also other seesaw of, like 
I can't push all this stuff if I'm not feeding myself and my yeah. soul, you know, and making sure that I am whole and right and feel good. And so, to your point about that I, outcomes or timelines, if I don't do that this time, I got to go while it's hot and while it's hot and be on it. And it's like there's a constant conflict between that seesaw like that's going on and we're just trying to find that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but go at your own pace. Pace is major key, like, as far as, like, evolving and yeah. being and just being like this is the pace i'm at this is the pace i'm at i mean like don't use that as an excuse to not push yourself like but don't also like get so obsessed with like outcome you know i think it's fun to understand like everything that you do is going to be some shit that goes wrong it's going to be something that you learn that's like oh you're gonna fail like get over it <laughs> like it's life and i think the sooner the better like the sooner you can just say you know what at some point i'm gonna mess up at some point i'm like we all gonna make mistakes we're human like you're not perfect you're not a robot once you can just get over it and just like be move on like you'll Mm -hmm. be good yeah no i definitely was saying that the thing about pace was more so like the sprint not a marathon you know that type of thing like yeah, no, go I at get your it. pace versus like don't do nothing. I'm not saying don't yeah, do nothing. Yeah. Like you still supposed to chase after your goals, your dreams. What is your pursuit of happiness? Whatever, whatever yeah. happiness is defined to you. But more so, don't think that because Susie's going at 100 miles per hour <laughs> that that's gonna work for <laughs> that that's Girl. gonna work for you. Like that may not be the case. <laughs> but I wanted to also uh, delve in a little bit deeper. Um, I know you have beautifully behind your pop- platform. How? Has just to kind of shift gear. How has mm-hmm. beauty um, impacted the way you define yourself? Oh my god! Like I literally reveal an aspect of myself with every beauty look, and I don't do like the dramatic Instagram looks. That's not my thing. It's never going to be my thing. I don't even know how to like contour my face, and I don't care to learn. But I am completely attached to like my makeup in a sense that it helps me reveal what I'm feeling like Mm -hmm. I am obsessed I don't wear jewelry I don't want a diamond ring if I ever get married like I don't I don't want none of that I just want the Pat McGrath glossy eyelid (laughs) that I've been craving because I'm feeling really sexy and really sensual and that's how I reveal myself so for me beauty has always just been how do I show the world I'm feeling and that's even when I'm not wearing any makeup like even right now I'm really just like glossed up on my face and like with some lipstick lip gloss on because I'm feeling low-key and chill and like I'm feeling kind of tomboyish sexy like this is Mm -hmm. how I feel and I think you know it's just been like that since I was like five oh let's unpack that like at five so you knew from a young age that this is what like beauty was your outlet yeah like I would take my dolls to my mom's uh, hair appointment hair appointments with Miss Margie and like try to recreate what Miss Margie would do in my mom's hair or like try to learn how to do the French rolls and I would do a really good job like mm-hmm. I loved it I thought I wanted to be a hair hairdresser for like two seconds and I was like no I don't do that but I knew at a young age that it was something about dressing myself up as a girl Mm. that excited me and playing in my mom's lipsticks because my mom doesn't wear any foundation her skin is perfect but she always has like an orange or gold or like a 
a rich brown lipstick mm-hmm. and I would play on her lipsticks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just always knew that it was something that I was interested in. But I was also a tomboy, too. Like, it was other things I loved, but, yeah, I, I knew at a young age. Yeah. And how? And, and so as you've evolved in the beauty industry, um, how have you made it a point to kind of break, like, the beauty rules, you know, for brown girls? I mean... I don't know if I have done that. I don't. I don't know if I've made any type of impact, really. But oh yes, I, you have, girl. Yes, you have. I, mean, I would have never wore an orange lip <laughs> if I see you post the orange lip, and I was like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> I was always told when I was younger, like you know, my mom used to be like, oh red, that's not good for your lip. You got liver lips, or you oh can't wear god, certain. I'm serious. Lips. You can't wear certain colors. So I only stuck to pinks and oh. like nudes and stuff. But then I saw you post and like really start to show like these are the type of colors that you can wear if you want to wear orange if you want to wear red there's different like undertones you yeah know, just different things like that where i was like okay let me it wasn't until that, that i was like okay let me push myself out of my comfort zone because i've always been told i have these big lips and like i need to wear a, a color that's suitable for my like look i guess i mean that's amazing to hear <laughs> like that thank you for telling me that i didn't i wouldn't i don't know i just love posting about stuff like that but um i, I mean i don't know what rules i my i mean maybe from a dark girl's perspective i just really don't believe in the like tone of if you're darker you're insecure and i just mm. don't come from that tone and I'm very confident. I'm very happy with the way I look and feel. I love my femininity. I love my body. And maybe from just like a perspective of like career choices, you know, I started out more so as an editor and like moved more into like the marketing side. I, I don't know if that's rule breaking, but I don't I don't know. I, I mean, I couldn't pinpoint it. I, that's a really good question. I just don't I don't know if I've broken any rules. I think that I've at times said things that no one else would right. say <laughs> which is breaking rules i mean also and when i say breaking rules like they're everything has certain standards mm-hmm. per industry right and so even developing your own platform um for brown women you know when it comes to beauty standards to really showcasing what we can you know like the possibilities that weren't possibilities at mm-hmm. the time um, that in enough in itself is breaking rules. So you have to give yourself more credit because <laughs> you you definitely showcase and highlight. And for me, I mean, just me as a person watching, but I'm sure <laughs> it's other people that you inspire too. Like just seeing it, right? Just to see that visual representation is huge, right? Particularly in an industry like beauty, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, but I mean it's getting better. Like it's getting better in the beauty industry. I just think yeah, I mean I totally appreciate that, but Yeah, yeah I don't know. I think it's just about tone and like what you're talking about. And I think maybe I've said things the way it it just blatantly needs to be said whereas like other People are very, like, PC. I just, I like talking about beauty in a very raw mm-hmm. way. Um, no bars held, not to shame brands or not to shame anyone. It's just my tone. So maybe I think 
that could be something that's rule breaking when you're kind of flooded with influencers and editors and people mm. and whoever who just are doing whatever to make themselves known at times and just to get the attention you could be like that purple unicorn when you're just coming to the table because you love the work and you love what you're doing and that's really it like you're unique and I think those people outlast honestly the others regardless of you know <laughs> their success I mean I'm not trying to shade I'm not shading anyone yeah. like but I'm just saying and I don't I don't just mean in the beauty world I mean in general like you know who's gonna be there for a while you know what I'm saying yeah absolutely so in regards to confidence and femininity you mentioned that earlier that you're a very confident um a confident individual you love your femininity Mm -hmm. did you always feel like that or was that something that kind of developed over time through working in the beauty industry um you know it it never had anything sorry it never had anything to do with beauty um that was all more so just like my upbringing, but I, it ebbed and flowed. Like I, I wouldn't say that I always felt like that, but it definitely, I would say, eighty percent of my life, yeah, I've been pretty confident. Mm-hmm. Um, and the your ebbs and flows. Were, your parents were very. I think that's. I think that's where the ebbs and flows would come. I think it. My dad was extremely, uh, like, serious about instilling confidence in me, and just like all. I didn't really understand the like concept of there being something wrong with me until like I got teased or something. So like I really was raised in an environment where I was allowed to be who I was. But my mom was also very conservative in her own way. So it was always kind of a little internal war between wanting to be like wild free bird and because of daddy and then wanting to be right. I don't know, uh, a little bit more suppressed Melanie because of mommy, what mommy will think. And it's not saying that she didn't instill confidence in me, but she was just a little bit more traditional. And I'm just not a traditional woman at all, I guess you would say. So we, you know, but it had had times about that. Um, But your dad really... Yeah. Let you know that you're you're beautiful. Yeah, you. I are mean, yeah, and those different things, regardless of being teased. I know that <laughs> there's the dichotomy of in our community of the light skin versus. Well, I never really got. Well, I got teased about over my complexion once. I mm-hmm. usually got teased over being chubby. Um, oh wow! I only got teased about my complexion from this guy named Dexter. And I'll never forget it because that was a moment I was just like, what is he talking about? Like, it was wrong with the way I look. I've never felt like that. Right. And then I remember, like, this one guy told my friend Jessica that um, he was, like, t- two, three shades darker than me. And he was like, yeah, Melanie's pretty and she doesn't look, like, dirty like most dark-skinned girls. Wow. And that wasn't really shading me, but it was just, like, shading us. And I'm like, bro, you are, like, darker than me. Like, what are you talking about? So I remember that, but. I didn't get teased for my complexion as much as I did being like chubby and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> People, oh Lord! And now it's like, girl. First of all, you look great. I've been seeing you posting on the oh ground with the curves. You're crazy. Curves, like yes. Oh my it's, god! It's one of those things like you grow up in this such secluded and like what's the word I'm looking for. Um, ignorant 
you know, kind of, mm. commun- you know, like mindset to things that from hair to like, girl, I used to perms and stuff like all these different things and not really understanding your true, true beauty. Right. Like you were made by God, crafted by him and his vision to be whatever it is that you're supposed to be, however it is that you're supposed to look and you're, you were made to do hard things, believe in yourself type thing. Everything else, like when you get those, again, people, other people talking in your ear, it starts to distract you. You start Mm -hmm. wondering like, shit, like, is it me? You know? And you let these other things play a part on who you are and to have a father, you know, in your life, a male figure in your life to really help you and contribute to that confidence. Femininity is very huge because I know that that's something that our community suffers from to just have a present being, you know, to say like, you are beautiful queen, like everything about you head to toe. So that's amazing. Um, Do you feel like at this point in your life that you are, living in your purpose i do i feel like i haven't fully stepped into it um because um i'm still nervous but i do feel like every day i am closer and closer to like just being emerged in my purpose and i'm doing the work um but yeah i do i feel like that i feel very confident that i am Mm -hmm. What what makes you nervous about it? I mean, it's just like I said earlier, like yeah. it's just uncomfortable mm-hmm. and it's a different place. It's a different mindset. It's a different way of living. You know, you, I can't make everything. I have to maneuver my finances differently because now I have a personal assistant because I need help because yeah. I have side clients. I have like, you know, I have my own like side consulting you know, situations. So I'm just, I have to move differently. So it's uncomfortable, but I'm easing into it. And I really do want to like just jump in the water, but I want to also like, you know, just take it step by step. Yeah, absolutely. But that's when you know you're moving in your purpose, when you're uncomfortable, that anxiety, all those different things, because it's like so tangible, right? It's about to happen. Like you could feel it at the palm of your hands. Right. So I totally understand that. I feel like at this point, you know, we talked about your personal journey and we we definitely didn't, you know, go into dating and impacting <laughs> love. And I know, girl, that could be a whole conversation <laughs> for another time. But do you feel like in your current dating situation that there's something different that you did versus prior conversations? It's, uh, prior, not conversations, prior situation situation people individuals yeah definitely i mean just in general like trying to understand men a little differently trying to understand like the male pov um being a little more gentler with myself just in terms of taking my time and Mm -hmm. you know dating someone who's also just like not in a rush and taking his time and having mature conversations that I, you know, maybe wouldn't have been able to have with like the last guy I was dating. Like that's, you know, like small improvements like that make really big impacts and being like open to whatever, you know, there is no real rush, you know, there's no real 
just like enjoying the company of someone that I like. You know, it's yeah. there's I, there is no conversation of like, what are we? What are we doing? It's just very. It, we have arguments, yeah. We go back and forth, yeah. But it it it's essentially just like more mature, and it's just mm. it's just not that hard, and it's not that difficult. And I think the way I'm dating is just with ease and like confidence that if someone is not right for me and if I'm not right for them, it's eventually like the universe, God or whatever higher power you believe in will separate you. Mm -hmm. It won't last. And if it does last, it'll be because you're forcing it. So I'm very confident that regardless of like what feelings I have for whomever, right. You know, now, tomorrow, whenever, it doesn't matter how it really turns out because that's not really my choice. Like it is, but it isn't. I really do believe we all have like our own destiny. And so I don't really have to worry about that. So it's just like a different way of looking at dating. I don't really date for outcome. I'm dating because I enjoy your company. We do stuff. We hang out, we get drunk, we (laughs) turn up, we talk about business. Like it's just easy and it's just what it is. Building like meaningful connections. Yeah, I mean, that's what dating really should be, I think, you know, whether you're dating one person or multiple people. Like, doesn't mean you have to give everyone the same amount of attention. Sometimes dating can really produce, like, really good friendships. Like, I think we take dating way too seriously, and I think we put too much pressure on it. And I think we kind of, like, train women to expect so much and train men to give so little. And so, this, and this, I'm talking from, like, a cis-heterosexual POV, by the way. We don't really, like we don't really encourage like growth in terms of like dating and just like even socializing between um like men and women in a fair way and Mm. so and a lot of men are very emotionally inept like they don't really have the tools to like speak up about things or talk about things or deal with things and a lot of women like are raised we just it's just too difficult we are raised to be too difficult to like work together so i feel like it's a lot of unlearning that I had to do. It's a lot of like just unwiring habits that, you know, even I saw with my parents and their marriage, like mm. taking a step back and unwiring the things that I don't like about, you know, my dating situation. What didn't I like? Why didn't I like that? Why didn't it feel good? Like, what do you want? You know, I really, when I meet guys and they're like, well, what are you looking for in a man? I'm like, that's not the question you should ask is what kind of experience do you want with the man? Because mm. that will determine who you want to be with if you want to experience vacations and friday night lush dinners and shopping and business ventures then you need to date a man who wants that you can't date a bum <laughs> i'm sorry like you know like you have to be real with yourself or if none of that matters to you and you just really want one vacation a year you want to own a home with someone have maybe two kids and live in the country it's okay. Like, whatever you want, it's okay. You have to be real with yourself. Right. And I just feel like we don't train, like, people to do that. Like, kids or anyone to do that anymore. We don't really train them that to do that, to think like that, to date like that. And, I mean, we're talking from, like, a, a young adult, adult perspective. Like, when you're in your early 20s and teens, who cares? Like, date whoever the hell you want. Live your best <laughs> be life, Be okay? absolutely ridiculous. But Live your best life. But do that so that when you get to 28, 29, you do have a really good concept of what you would like. And I did. I dated a lot in my 20s. 
And um, I just, I think the last guy I dealt with, it was just, it was more of a, it was something, I don't know, a little bit different um, that kept me there. But for the most part, I had been always, I had always been very, I would say streamlined in like the types of guys I dated. They weren't perfect, but I think he was the first guy that was really just, it was just really a bad situation. And so, um, but we all get thrown off track too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that dating is approached very awkwardly right now. It's just really not that serious. Like if you like her, ask her for a number if you like him. Like it's just, it's a lot of um, noise when it comes to it. And it's not, I don't know, it's just not that serious. It's not that hard. Just go out. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't entertain people like that anymore. It's just okay. Well, you're stupid. So, like, I don't know what you want. Yeah. You know, like, I don't really understand people who text all day, and I just don't get it. Like, you don't want real. I like getting dressed and getting butterflies before a first date and being uncomfortable and wondering how it's gonna go. I know a lot of guys who like that too. Like, why don't we? do that i don't know i just think people in our generation are weird when it comes to dating yeah i think they're a little socially awkward now we are you really, know it's social media yeah it's the social media but you know women and men don't be afraid to make a move like literally really, make though. a move have fun like go get like, drunk like go to the movies yeah like it's not that serious i think too many times we overthink an experience like that's what a date is an experience, as Molly said, and it is an experience. It does not mean this person gonna be the end all be all, but it was an experience. You enjoyed it. It's kinda like when we go to an event. <laughs> I enjoyed this event, it's over. On to the next thing. But or you want to keep going yeah. and having different experiences. But it's still what it is. A date isn't an, an experience, an event, something you're going to for a time period. And then over time if it continues to happen, it continues to happen. But I yeah. think sometimes we put all our eggs in that one basket. Well, I'm dating this one, dating this person, and this is it, and this is. It's like no. Yeah, like you don't know that person. You don't know. Likes. Figure out what you like, what you don't like. <laughs> I'm like Melanie. I've dated a lot of people, you know, in my past, and I'm at this point now where it's like, look, I'm gonna be 100 percent myself. You don't like it? Oh, that's your loss. On to the next one because I know what I can offer, and I know who I am, and I know that you know, I. I I know that whoever I'm with is going to receive all of all of this good loving. You know, when the time <laughs> is right. I'm being honest, all of these Amen. things that come with it. And you gotta know your worth and know your value and be like, you know what, maybe God is like, He is not the one that deserves that type of love from you or that type of attention or that type of experience from you because he's not worth your time. And, and vice versa, guys. You know, and that's fair. I feel and you. And that's fair. So I you know, we can go on and talk about dating forever, mm-hmm. forever, forever. But <laughs> I want to close off the episode with just asking you, um, what's the most important lesson you've learned on your journey to heal and and kind of move or start the start moving the needle beyond your fears? Um, I mean, probably that just like it's really nothing's really that deep. I mean, I think shit happens. You know, my dad died when I was 25. So I know that things happen in life. And I know that things get things get really hard. Things do get super, super depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you really, like, take a step back 
and like get still for a second and like look at like look around it's really not that deep like office drama who said what who liked your picture like it's all stupid and if you are aware enough to like see that I don't I really don't think life will be that bad for you and I think that the, that's the biggest lesson I learned that it's just really not that bad like mm. it's not that deep it's it's what do you complain about like I really think about it what are you mad about mm. and can you fix it you know if you got if you got issues or you got something going on can you afford therapy can you like there are ways to be happy basically it's mm. really really and like in very rare occasions, and I know there's a lot of people who could say, well, there are people who live in poverty. There'll be, and I know, I know, and I know that I'm speaking from a place of privilege in my own way. So I, I acknowledge that, but it's just really not like the end of the world when something happens, you know. And living in New York, I just see people every day. They just take everything so, so crazy, so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like they they're rushing to the train. They're knocking kids over. I'm like, bro, it's another train coming in three minutes. <laughs> Chill out. Like it's not it's not that deep. And if you can grasp that concept and really understand, like this shit ain't that serious. You literally can get through anything because mm. then you'll understand that it's all temporary and that it's all just like a part of life. Like get over it, you know, in a way. But mm. there are rare occasions. I know when death when money when there are rare occasions when things are really really bad but i do think people should stop and realize that it's really not that bad that's my biggest lesson well well i see usually close up first of all i want to thank you so much for taking your time out to join me on a podcast of course you are amazing everyone please 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 follow <laughs> at beautifully brown really it's at beautifully brown official at beautifully brown official get me together at beautifully <laughs> brown official like really look at the platform it's amazing melanie has done great work to really cultivate this platform um and just girl i'm so proud of you <laughs> for just being you and stepping into your authentic self and thank just really you just living right mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't just living like they're doing going through the motions but they're not really living i mean yeah i mean you know some days i'm not living some days i'm like robotic too but you know yeah i'm, I'm for the most part i'm living being free yeah <laughs> i usually like to close off um the episode with a quote based off of my guest's fear so i will leave you guys with this quote <clears throat> and i hope i pronounce this guy's name right at the end We will not find the inner strength to evolve to a higher level if we do not inwardly develop this profound feeling that there is something higher than ourselves. Rudolf Steiner. That was a good one. That's really good. Mm -hmm. It's really deep. (laughs) Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I wish you nothing but love, light, many of blessings. I hope that this conversation inspires you as you go into your weekend. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we are out. Bye.